and into the sunshine for the annual Tournament of Roses. Well, you all know the routine by now. Roses, roses, all the way. And this year, the theme was... This is the story of one of the most famous events of the nation that takes place right in our own backyard of the San Gabriel Valley. The New Year Rose Parade. This year, Pasadena is hosting their 133rd Rose Parade with the theme of Dream, Believe, Achieve. So this year, the theme is Dream, Believe, Achieve. And the theme each year is uh, selected by the Tournament of Roses president. So the president uh, changes every year. And so one of the things that the president gets to do is choose their theme and uh, select their grand marshal. That was the Tournament of Roses Director of Communications, Candy Carlson. The Tournament of Roses is the organization in charge of the whole planning process, and they have been working very hard to make sure that everything runs smoothly and to work around the challenges brought on by COVID-19. So uh, Bob Miller is our president this year, and Dream, Believe, Achieve is really, it's about um, believing that you can do something and finding a way to do it and dreaming about it. So uh, in the beginning, this was scheduled to be the theme for the 2021 parade. So it was about celebrating education. And since the 2021 parade was canceled, we kept the theme and we held it over for 2022 and we're still celebrating education, but we also wanted to celebrate our scientists. And we wanted to celebrate our frontline workers. We wanted to celebrate the healthcare professionals because of we're, we're um, having the parade and the game because of those people. So we really wanted to celebrate them. So there will be little elements throughout the parade that will be um, giving a nod and really showing our appreciation. The uh, Rose Parade uh, first began in 1890, and it was started by uh, a bunch of families in the area that were members of the Valley Hunt Club, and they realized, oh my gosh, it is beautiful in Pasadena in the middle of winter, and they were all from the Midwest or the East Coast. So they wanted to show their friends, you know, what this beautiful, really paradise was like in Southern California. So they started by decorating uh, their carriages and having uh, horses in a parade. And it started as, you know, something that was small uh, with a few members. And then it, it grew and it grew and it turned into the tournament. Um, so that's why we call it the Tournament of Roses. Uh, in the beginning, there were chariot races. <laughs> there were ostrich races. <laughs> there, was even, there was even an elephant race once. So that's where the tournament comes from. There were all these different events that people did. And then uh, we had the first football game. So once the football game uh, became popular, that, again, just really solidified what the Tournament of Roses is. 
And over the years, it, oh, it's so interesting to look through uh, the photographs over the years because there are some things that stay the same. So there are always horses <laughs> that have flowers. There are always floats. There are always bands. So I think the biggest change that we've seen over the years, as you can imagine, are the floats. <laughs> the floats have made just huge strides in all kinds of ways, in technology, in floral design, and uh, someone who was really uh, pivotal in that whole process was a woman named Isabella Coleman, and she owned her own float building company, and this was way back. She Let's see, this is probably in 1913, 1914. So it was really unusual for a woman to have that prominent of a, of a job and a position. But she is um, the one who started using chicken wire as making molds on floats. And we still do that today. You know, that's a lot of the base for floats. And she sold her company. And the company that she sold it to uh, was Phoenix Decorating. And Phoenix Decorating is now in their second, possibly third generation of float building. So her, all of her style still exists. Um, another interesting history, and I'm sure you've driven by or you've seen it um, in photographs, is Tournament House. So uh, Tournament House was the winter home for the Wrigley family. And the Wrigley family uh, was based in Chicago. And Mrs. Wrigley, Ada Wrigley, loved this house. And one of the reasons she loved it was because she could watch the Rose Parade from her front porch or upstairs from her bedroom window. So when she died, part of um, her will she gave this house to the city of Pasadena, but there was one condition and that was that it had to house the offices for the Tournament of Roses. So technically Tournament House um, is owned by the city and all of the uh, property is a city of Pasadena park. So um, we're lucky enough to have this as our, as our home base. And uh, we've seen not just floats, but we've seen the organization make some just wonderful, uh, wonderful just examples of how the world is um, evolving and how the world is changing. And that's been shown through with our Royal Court. We have really enjoyed watching over the years, how much the courts have changed. And again, it's like the floats, how much they have changed and really become a reflection of our community. And, uh, but then there are things that are still the same. You know, we still have the Rose Queen in a white dress and they still make appearances around the community uh, supporting different organizations. There's 133 years of history. So that was just a little bite size. <laughs> With the first year of reopening after COVID, there is going to be some very exciting participation in the parade from our very own Arcadia High School. The Arcadia Marching Band was originally invited to perform in the 2021 Rose Parade, which was canceled due to COVID-19. 
As they return this year, seniors from last year who missed out because of the pandemic will also be welcomed back to March as alumni. We spoke to Scott Wong and drum major Elise Fong from Arcadia High's marching band about their feelings towards the upcoming event. Hi, I'm Scott Wong. I am a tenor sax section leader and band secretary. Being a junior, I'm very excited for the Rose Parade. As we all know, it's a very prestigious event that a select number of bands are invited to every year. So being one of those few selected bands um, and being able to march down Colorado on New Year's Day in front of millions of viewers around the world is an honor. That being said, there are a few nerves because there is a lot of work that has to be done before the Rose Parade. However, I know that our band will accomplish all the things that need to be done. And on New Year's Day, we'll, we will have a great time. There will also be many bands from around the nation that will be coming to Pasadena for the Rose Parade. So it will be a great opportunity to watch other bands and meet new people. So overall, there's just great excitement and hope for the Rose Parade. In middle school, when I did join the band, I was aware that Arcadia was regularly invited to the Rose Parade. So it was always a dream to be um, marching down Colorado in the Rose Parade. And so this is basically a dream come true, but not just for me, but for everyone in the band. Marching down the, in the Rose Parade is something not very many people get to say. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and it's just a very unfortunate that the seniors were so close to um, getting this opportunity and just lost it just like that. Um, but I think it's great um, that we gave them the opportunity um, to join us one last time. Hi, my name is Elise Fong, and I am the drum major of the Arcadia High School Marching Band. Next year, in January, we are going to be performing in the Rose Parade, and I am super excited for this opportunity. The band and I have been working super hard for this past season, and we are so excited that we are going to be able to perform for millions of people on national television and also perform in front of such a large audience. Although it is such an exciting opportunity, I'm also a little bit nervous because there are going to be so many people watching, but I couldn't be prouder and more honored to represent the Arcadia High School Marching Band and um, uphold the legacy that it carries on. Um, it has always been a goal of mine um, ever since middle school. I've been really into marching band and seeing my sister perform in the Rose Parade during her freshman year. It made me super excited to join the program when I got to high school. And I cannot wait to be able to lead the entire marching band. Um, one fun fact is that the seniors from last year are going to be able to perform with us this year. And a lot of them are coming back, which is super exciting and super cool. And one of the seniors coming back or alumni coming back is going to be Justin Wu, who was the drum major last year. And I feel very honored to march alongside him. We will both be leading the band. And so I cannot wait to see how that goes. But I'm just super excited and grateful for this opportunity to be able to have one last hurrah with the band and who I consider to be some of the most amazing people in my family. 
Each year, the Rose Parade has a very selective process to choose its Rose Parade princesses and queen. The Rose Court, an iconic tradition established in 1905, is a group of people chosen to ride on a specifically designed float in the annual parade and participate in various activities. There is a long application process involving many rounds of interviews and requirements. The first ever Rose Queen was crowned by the Rose Parade in 1905. Hallie Woods from Pasadena High School was chosen for her, quote, beauty, charm, and girl-next-door qualities, unquote. Though the qualities for eligibility have changed a bit, this long-standing position remains a respected and coveted role. This year's application selection was especially difficult, as the tournament extended the applications to those who graduated from high school due to last year's cancellation. Arcadia High School senior Swetha Somosundaram was one of the many from the school that applied, and she made it into the final round and was confirmed this fall as the 2022 Rose Court Princess. As a South Indian individual, I didn't see a lot of my culture and heritage in public media as a young girl, but I do remember seeing the royal court go to all of their events and wave to the people from their float on New Year's Day. Um, for me, they were my biggest role models. They were the epitome of beauty, of grace, of poise, and they were all put together in this like one person, all of these amazing characteristics put together in one person that exuded brilliance and confidence. I really, really wanted to be that girl on the court ever since I had met them, and it's just been a really long time since you know this was a dream of mine for a while. And ever since the first time I watched the Rose Parade, the Tournament of Roses in the court has always had a special place in my heart. And every time I walk into the house now, it's always a wave of happiness, of gratefulness. Um, and it all rushes over me because of how wonderful the work we do is. We are such a diverse court, so each of us get to bring our culture and heritage and all of our experience to every aspect of our community service. We're constantly encouraged to empower other people of our unique communities. So many people from my Indian community were truly excited that I was chosen as a royal court member because I represent them. Um, being on the first court after such a pivotal time in history is something inspiring and exciting as well for, you know, for us and for those who are watching us. I really, really hope to inspire and to be a role model to everyone who's watching me, whether it be a little girl that was like me um, a couple years back or to the older people who constantly say that they're so grateful um, the next generation is being led by us. Um, I'm really, really grateful to be able to serve Pasadena and the greater LA community with the support of my community in Arcadia, in India, and within my family and friends. We do, of course, have the Rose Parade, but already we've had a major event. Um, our first first event was um, helping to detag and distribute clothes donated by Forever 21 to vis victims of domestic violence. And we've also done so many other um, service activities. Actually, as someone who wants to be a cancer researcher, um, we were able to visit the USC Cancer Norris Research Center. And for me to be able to see all the patients and for them to willingly just show me around um, the practically my dream workplace and to show me um, all of the different radiology sections, the clinical trials, and how all the patients are being treated was just absolutely amazing. I got to meet a researcher and we exchanged contact info so I could ask him any questions as time progressed um, if I get into USC or if I just go to college in general and I want to get a job then I can always you know talk to him and it's given me so many opportunities to follow my dreams and passions and also, you know, help our community and really just empower other young girls, other people of our community.
Of course, there are also changes for them in etiquette that they must follow to be safe. We are definitely the first court to be wearing matching masks, and most of our events are held outside in compliance with COVID guidelines. We've had multiple people ask us where they got where we got our masks and if they could get a mask as well. So definitely, um, that's been something that stood out to a lot of people. Everything is very very similar still, but um, we're a lot more cautious about the guidelines and what we have to do to follow during a pandemic, especially with the new mask mandate now about whenever. We're indoors. You you have to wear a mask. So we are, you know, whenever we took pictures, we were taking our masks off. But now we're staying with masks on, even for pictures. Um, we do have some new ways to follow COVID guidelines while also following customary etiquette. So our etiquette trainer, Miss um, Liana Yamasaki, was really helping us find ways to still follow COVID guidelines. So we weren't constantly shaking everyone's hands and needing to dump tons of hand sanitizer on us, but using more formal and probably. As just as polite um, etiquette manners when greeting people, so these are just examples of things that we've been doing to ensure that the pandemic doesn't really affect what we're doing at the same time that we're ensuring our community stays safe. For people on the Rose Court, the experience not only develops important skills but has helped them forge unbreakable bonds and friendships. Training was a lot of fun. It was essentially a boot camp. I mean, it let us bond with one another because we do get to see each other for long, long periods of time. Um, for about two weeks, we were at the tournament house for about for a really, really long time. Actually, we would I wouldn't get home until nine sometimes, and most of these days really just included media and speech, um, or leadership and etiquette training, and all those trainings were just so, so utterly important. I mean. I considered myself someone who was pretty good at public speaking, someone who could um, put her thoughts into words pretty quickly. But honestly, the media and speech training has helped me so so much. Just figure out what sound bites are and how how to respond within a given time frame, and really really well. All of our trainers were super super sweet. Um, they are very supportive, very helpful in ensuring our success as ambassadors and as leaders. And I've really really enjoyed every single training session because we've truly learn to curate life skills and connect with a variety of people at the same time. And I cannot wait to make our mark as the 2022 Royal Court through our service and the happiness we'll bring to people. And I'm really excited about our community service project, which is something that we're talking about working on as well. There is also a group known as the Tournament Troop that leads the opening flag ceremony of the parade and carries banners to announce the winning float entries. This group, comprised of Eagle Scouts and Gold Award Girl Scouts in the Los Angeles area, includes some Arcadia High School participants as well. Iris Yu, a Girl Scout from AHS who recently received her Gold Award, is super excited to march this year. I wanted to participate because I completed my Gold Award actually during the lockdown, and I feel like we didn't get a proper ceremony. We didn't get one at all, actually. And so I felt like the Rose Parade would be a good way to celebrate my achievements. We had to submit a form, and then with a letter of recommendation from the troop leader, and then they'll email you to schedule a meeting with the Girl Scout Council, and then it was an interview, and then they just emailed you back if you made it. When I went to the meeting, it was like about thirty to forty Girl Scouts, I believe. We are rehearsing almost every Saturday in the morning. We're gonna be marching. 
We're gonna be holding the banners. We're gonna be practicing the raising up the flag. Um, I'm looking forward to like feeling that accomplishment and like feeling um, how my project is going to be known. And like, I feel like my hard work has paid off. With so many groups and events to coordinate, we spoke to Candy Carlson about what goes on behind the scenes to plan and make all of this happen. So the Rose Parade, as you know, is January 1st, and the only time that the parade is held on January 2nd is if January 1st falls on a Sunday. So it has been a a standing tradition with the tournament that if the first falls on Sunday, then we don't have the parade that day and we do it the next day. So every couple <laughs> of years, you know, we have to have it on the second, but primarily <laughs> the parade is on January 1st. And we always like to tease that the next parade starts January 2nd, <laughs> the planning. Um, but really the planning begins even, I'd say at least a year ahead of time for, so I'll give you an example. So this year we have the 2022 parade. Well, I say this year, but I mean, the next Rose Parade will be the 2022 parade. The 2023 parade, we have been working on the theme and the artwork for the 2023 parade for two years. Um, so there are so many different steps and it's my favorite when, um, people will say to me, wait, you have a job year round? I mean, isn't it just one day a year? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, it's one day a year, but there's a lot to do. So starting uh, with the theme really dictates what happens with the rest of the parade. So once the theme is established, then we announce the theme and the float builders are then tasked with coming with designs for floats that go along with the theme. And then once those are approved, then they start their process of, you know, getting supplies and building, and then eventually, you know, leading up to the decorating. That's on the float side. And then bands, that's another one. Now that I'm saying this, a lot of it is ahead of time. <laughs> so for our bands, they are notified, I think about 18 months before they participate because of the fundraising that needs to be done. Uh, each of the bands uh, is responsible for getting their whole team here to Pasadena. And whether it's from Japan or Sweden, or, you know, it could just be from Northern California, <laughs> they uh, all have to fundraise to get here. So they're another group that knows way ahead of time. And then our equestrian units, uh, they are announced just a few months, probably about five or six months before the parade. Uh, those, the equestrian units tend to be local because transporting uh, <laughs> horses <laughs> is not a, um, a real economical thing. <laughs> it's not something that uh, is, not that it's, it's difficult. <laughs> so we like to try to, you know, minimize the expense for our equestrians. So they're usually around uh, town pretty nearby. And so that kind of gives you an idea of the, the timeline. And then in between, 
are all the little minute details. You know, it's, you know, what are the grandstands going to look like? And are we going to have banners on street poles down the street? Are, you know, we, then we have our surrounding events. So it's not just the parade and the Rose Bowl game. We have a band fest where the bands come and participate in a field show. And we have the Quest Fest, and that's where the horses get to um, showcase their talents. And then we have Float Fest, which is probably one of our most popular, where you can go and see the floats after the parade. Um, we have had, you know, the we have the state, the county, and the city COVID guidelines and regulations. So it has been. Uh, a challenge for all of us, but we are dedicated uh, to keeping our patrons, our participants, um, to keep everyone safe, healthy and safe. That's our number one priority. So we've been working closely with uh, the city of Pasadena and with their public health department. So we will um, probably in the next few days be announcing exactly what the guidelines are. Uh, we have a, a flyer that's going out called Know Before You Go. So it will be a lot of details. But um, as you can imagine, that has been uh, probably the, the biggest hurdle, uh, you know, of this parade. But what's wonderful is that everyone understands that it has to be done. So there's really been a, a community feeling and a real coming together to make sure that it's a healthy and safe event. I think what I want to add is that we are proud to be part of the greater uh, Pasadena community. I think that um, we really have established ourselves as uh, a community-based organization and uh, we look forward every year to planning this huge event, you know, not just for the people here, but really for people around the world. Thank you so much for everyone behind the scenes putting in work to make this renowned event happen every year. You can find the live parade on Saturday, January 1st, 2022, and or check it out on TV channels KTLA 5, ABC, NBC, Univision, RFD TV, Hallmark Channel, and more at 8 a.m. Pacific Eastern Time. The 108th Rose Bowl game will also be airing on ESPN at 1 p.m. later that day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Keeping It Arcadia. To find the rest of our episodes, you can visit dciausd.weebly.com. You can also check out at Arcadia DCI on Instagram and Arcadia Unified on Instagram and Facebook. A big congratulations to everyone for making it through the year, and we wish you an amazing new year. This is Keep It Arcadia signing off.